Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is episode number 86 of Business of Design. You're in the right place if you're an interior designer, decorator, stylist, stager, landscaper, architect, you name it, we're all in this together and I'm so glad you're here. We are going to hear a familiar voice. Juliette Palaria is going to be back on this episode and she's going to talk about a speaking event that was looming in the distance when we recorded this episode. It has since happened, so I can tell you that she had a very successful inaugural launch as an interior design professional on stage in front of an audience that was handpicked really for her, people who had the right income and the right demographics. And everything went well. She felt really good about it. And she even could report back some tangible results. She got one paid consultation for somebody who could not afford to hire her for the whole project. But she said it was an extremely enjoyable experience giving this person great ideas and they were going to implement on their own. And then there's another possibility for a consultation, a much bigger house, and she's going to have to ask them for the consultation. So we talked this morning about how um, it can be challenging sometimes to just go ahead and ask for the job. Go ahead and say, can I get you booked for that consultation? And so the next time she does a speaking event, what we decided she might say is, I would like to get you signed up for a consultation. Give me your contact information and I will have someone from the office get back to you. And then that way she's got the information. She doesn't have to ask for the job right there on the spot, but it's clear she going to ask for the job. So that settled that. It was great to have a chance to speak to her again this morning uh, because uh, I wanted to find out how things were going since the last time we spoke to her. And she's made so many changes, has really just embraced the 15 steps that we teach at Business of Design and implemented them so much so that she did her first trade day and she said it was amazing and unbelievable. And she also has since gotten two new jobs. And one of them, she is really the boss. She is running the job. She feels confident. Confident, she looks confident, she sounds confident. And so now what we talked about this morning is how do you go forward then and continue to keep new jobs coming in the pipeline? Um, it was really, really good to reconnect with Juliet. And so many of you reached out and said you could appreciate what she shared last time about hitting a wall and not being sure you're doing the right thing and maybe you should get out of this business, etc. And, and in fact, Juliet shared that three different women phoned her following the podcast and said, you told my story. So uh, with, with my hand in the air too, there's at least four of us out there who had the same story as Juliet. And what that means to me is that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. There's somebody else who has had a similar problem and together we can figure out how to get through this and do better than we've done in the past and step up and own the fact that we are business owners who have an exciting career that is a rewarding career in so many ways, not just 
um, psychologically or emotionally rewarding. We know that, but financially rewarding, that's a really big part of it. Let's be honest. I want to take home a lot of money at the end of the day. I've got to renovate my Santa Monica place and I want to do it with uh, sky's the limit budget. So that means I have to work. And uh, this work that we do is complicated, it's complex, it's challenging, uh, and therefore it also should be financially rewarding if you're going to assume the responsibility in front of you. So it was really great to reconnect with Juliet this morning. I'm going to uh, say hello to Cheryl and then you're going to hear part two of the conversation I had with Juliet about a month ago. Hey, Cheryl, what is happening in Business of Design's world? Uh, We do have our next group coaching session coming up on November 21st. Registration's open for any of our premium members who have not already signed up. Um, And then on the 29th, we're doing something new. We're doing a roundtable discussion with um, a small group of our members. Uh, Some are fairly new to Business of Design. Others have been with us a long time. Long list of topics that we're going to be discussing there. Um, So that's on November 29th. It is sold out. But if you're still interested, feel free to email me. December, we're sort of wrapping up for the new year. So uh, we will, we always stick to our um, uh, group coaching sessions. So we'll definitely be doing one of those. And then we're working on events for next year. I know we have a lot of things we are excited about launching next year and with some new content and more benefits to becoming a Business of Design member also comes a little pay increase uh, for Business of Design. We have not given ourselves a raise in about five years, so it's time. Uh, So what that means to you is if you are interested in becoming a Business of Design member, jump now if you'd like to get in on this for $67.50 a month or $675 a year. And that includes monthly group coaching. You have access to me as your mentor through the forum and more than 150 different video courses that you can take. We will be launching uh, 15 new courses in 2019 And the pay increase will go up to $79 a month or $790 for annual membership. Still the best value out there. We sort of scratch our heads and are amazed at some of the webinars and et cetera that we see that are $1,300 for one webinar. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you this content will change your life. So we hope you'll become a member. We hope you'll give yourself that as a gift for Christmas. Uh, and you'll save some money if you jump in right now. The increase is only for new members. So as part of encouraging you to jump in now, it locks you into that rate. So if you're already a member, your rate will not be going up. If you join before the increase, you are locked into that rate and your rate will not be going up either. So that was sort of an important thing to note. Yeah, I love that. We actually have a handful of members who joined the very first day we launched and their rate is crazy low and we still love that they're there. So thanks (laughs) so much. Have a great week, Cheryl. Talk to you soon. Before we jump into the episode, let me tell you about Juliette Pellaria. She is the principal and designer at JP Styles. And she believes everyone deserves access to the type of design that evokes feelings of comfort and sophistication. She's completed a variety of projects in categories of renovation, remodel, and construction. Uh, And her team is growing. She's added a project manager, which is really exciting. And they really pride themselves on understanding the client's wishes and then making those wishes a reality. 
Juliet's projects have been featured in Baltimore Magazine and Chesapeake Home, as well as she's received recognition from the Home Builders Association of Maryland, and she took home an award for excellence for a kitchen remodel of three hundred to 400000 With millions of dollars in design projects successfully managed, Juliet is not resting on her laurels. She is stepping it up and has very big goals for herself, some goals we discussed today. And I have no doubt she's going to make them happen. And we've invited her to come back and share some of her successes in the future. For this episode, we're going to focus on an upcoming speaking event that Juliet is going to participate in. We're going to talk about what do you need to think about before you agree to speak at an industry event? Um, How do you set an intention so you make sure that you accomplish something tangible with your time and with your effort? We talk about the fact that it's much more engaging for you to tell stories and anecdotes to an audience. You will have their attention if you can pepper the conversation with, here's what's going on in a recent conversation. construction project we did, or this happened on a renovation the other day. Uh, When you are trying to attract a certain high-level customer, make sure you're speaking about high-level projects and avoiding things that might fall under the category of do-it-yourself, such as decorating for the holidays or decorating with trends. Those are two topics that I won't touch when I'm going to speak to consumers because I know I'm not going to get a job when I talk about those two things. I'll let Juliet tell you the story. It's much better coming from her. We're very glad you're here. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. And now, back to the show. Juliet, by the way, you may remember from our first podcast where we talked about the fact that you hit bottom and you realized you you ultimately had to change the way that you were working in order to make your clients happy, which literally you told my story. And at the end of that first podcast, Juliet, nice talking to you again today, by the way. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. At the end of that podcast, I thought, man, when I when I need a vacation from hosting the podcast, Juliet is taking it over because our experiences have been so parallel that I think I think I found my my co-host already in you. So, I have a lot invested in you making these changes in your business and and coming away as a diva uh, with a design empire. So, you guys Gotta, you got to do this for all of us. We're all rooting for you. I appreciate that. Nothing would make me more happy. Okay, so we ended the last conversation because uh, we knew that we had another topic to bring up, which has to do with speaking events. So tell everybody about the speaking event that's coming up and what you want to talk about or or how. just start by telling us how the event came about, I guess. So I 
did my financial planner, uh, my husband and I have been with his firm for many years and he's become a friend. He's a very well respected in our area. And I would say his, um, well, I think he probably has clients that run the full spectrum, but, um, I would say probably higher income clientele base. And he asked me if I would come speak because typically he has these thank yous to his clients every fall and he will take them to Tesla to, you know, test drive cars and have someone from Tesla speak to them or whatever. And he really wanted to speak to his female base. He was noticing that his male clients were coming and their wives were not joining along. So he was thinking about it and thought this is a perfect opportunity, one, for you hopefully to get more clients in the demographic that you typically work in and B, hopefully more people will come. And I agreed um, immediately. Like I was telling you offline, I oftentimes just say yes before I can stop my mouth. (laughs) And I do, I agree with what you said, you know, it pushes us to take risks and try things. We wouldn't, if I had two seconds to think about that, probably wouldn't do. Um, But I said, yes, the invitation went out. And in fact, I just got an email this morning that said we are having lots of people signing up right away. It just went out this morning and there's already X amount of people that said yes, which my heart started to race. (laughs) And I was like, I need Kimberly. (laughs) What am I going to do? This episode of Business of Design is brought to you by article.com. Now you guys know I am fiercely protective of you. So when article.com reached out, we said, hey, let's do some research and see if we think this is a good fit. And you know what? I like what I see. Article.com is an online-only furniture resource. Think of it as mid-century modern meets Scandinavian simplicity. I like that very much. I also like the fact that they have a trade program and a dedicated person to help you, to support you, to get things done. That could include sourcing, invoicing, and even delivery. And speaking of delivery, everything ships for $49 regardless of size. That makes your life easy. As well, once you sign up for the trade program, you'll also have access to trade-only pricing and tax-exempt purchasing. Let's face it, we are all shopping all over the place now and it's getting pretty complicated. So I like that that streamlines everything. Most items are in stock. So if you need something quickly, this is a great resource. To take advantage of these benefits and more, go to business.article.com. That's right, business, right in the URL. I like that, business.article.com. Thank you for reaching out, Article, and we love working with you. You know, I've never, uh, truth be told, I, um, Kimberly, I spoke at my son's eighth grade graduation, (laughs) and it was horrible. Horrible. It was horrible. I think I cried through most of it. That's a very emotional (laughs) event. My baby. It was. It was. It was. It it was. But in in terms of speaking, it was tragic. (laughs) And I thought to myself, why would I sign up to speak in front of potentially 150 people when I couldn't speak in front of an eighth grade class? (laughs) And that's where you come in. <laughs> now, you're a great speaker. You are, you are a 
you're a great storyteller. You're terrific with anecdotes. You're going to be fine. Let's start at the beginning, though. So what's the point of doing this event? What is the intention around this event? For him or for me? For you. Or both. Okay. I definitely feel like I have never invested time, energy, money in advertising or marketing. And I would say I, I, my initial yes was for Pat because I want to help him and I want to um, give back to him. He's been very good to us, my husband and I. But in terms of my business, I mean, what a gift to speak in front of, you know, 150 people in your community. Um, so I want to give the best foot forward I can. And I really don't have any clue how to approach that other than I do know, um, people that give people that are vulnerable and people that give stories, um, usually are received better. The other thing that scares me, let's be honest, people watching people speak in their minds. I know I do the same thing are pretty serious critics. I mean, if you lose them, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just think about being at church, right? And if the speaker is, if the sermon is boring, I mean, I'm asleep in three minutes. Right. So I'm just kind of terrified of that. Okay. So let's break it down then. So the first thing uh, I always look at is what's the intention? And one of your intentions right off the bat was to do this kind deed for Pat. So that's great. There's nothing wrong with that intention. Often that's where we leave it though. We say, well, you know, I got asked to speak by a friend and she's on the committee for this home show. So I'm going to do this nice thing for her. And that is the intention. And that's it, right? When we set a higher intention or when we set a specific intention around what we want to get out of it, which again, I will just say, I don't think females in particular, and sorry for you guys listening, but I've only had the female experience so I can generalize about my own gender. Females are not necessarily taught to think about what are you going to get out of this? That was not the messaging I got as a young person. The messaging I got was be quiet, be good, do what you're told. Nobody likes a mouthy broad, right? I was never taught, well, right. what, do you, what do you want? What do you need? I was taught to comply with what others wanted and needed me to be. So it's it's a little bit challenging for us to, to think that way. But the person in the room with, with the highest intentionality is probably going to get what they came for. So I want to be that person in the room when I go to speak. And the good thing is I can have more than one intention. I can have an intention to do a nice thing for Pat. I can have an intention to conquer my fear of speaking in front of people. That's a great intention. Uh, And then I can have another intention, which is I want to get two paid consultations out of this event or four paid consultations or whatever it is. I used to go sometimes and I go, I, uh-huh. hope I, I hope I get a customer. That's a pretty squishy intention, right? It's kind of not too crystal clear. When I go and I say, I want to get two paid consultations out of this event, then everything in my subconscious will begin to work to make that happen. 
And I'm going to speak to people differently when I want to get two paid consultations than when I want to make Pat happy. When I want to make Pat happy, I do a fluffy presentation that's about trends. Oh, look at orange is back. Huh? Here's a project we did. There's orange. It's pretty, right? Pretty. <laughs> and it's hard to keep people's attention with that. It really is. You got to tap dance pretty fast to make people excited about that. But that's what I've done in the past, right? Then when my intention is I want customers out of this, I do, I try different things. Maybe I got one customer, maybe I didn't. It didn't work as well. When I changed my internal dialogue to be I want two paid consultations, I got two or three or four paid consultations. Because then I, I, turn my, I turn my talk to be what would convince someone to hire me? Not for the whole job, not for the whole renovation, right. but just for a consultation. What, what are they looking for? So, so let, let me ask you, what are clients looking for when they hire you? I think they're looking for guidance on whatever specific goal they have in their home at the time, whether it's small or large. I think they want direction. Do they want five choices? Do they want someone to tell them what to do? Mm, that's a good question. I think there's both. Um, but I think typically most people I meet with want me to tell them what to do. That has been my experience too, that when I used to give clients three or four choices, they would look at me like a deer in the headlight. They weren't sure what they were supposed to pick. Um, and they somehow thought I had the answer, but I just wasn't giving them the answer. And after years, <laughs> years and years of hearing people say, what would you do? And I would say, well, well, I could do this or I could do that. No, no, no. What would you do? Years people ask me that question. I finally realized that's what they want. They want to know what I would do. So now when I do a presentation, yeah. I'll say, this is what I would do. This is my choice. I would pick this one. And I will, I will tell you the truth. Sometimes I don't really know which one is the better way to go. Is it the white frame or is it the black frame? Right. I, you know, they're both nice, but I don't say that to the client. Oh, they're both nice because that scares the client. What I say is I would go with black. And then I think, is that the right choice? Did I do the right thing there? You know, and if I made a mistake, I would go back right, and right. clean it up. But it's I make, yeah, make a decision. So, so even that small bit of information, it changes how Juliet is going to present to the crowd. So let me ask you, that's a very good point you bring up because one of the things that was confusing me when I was listening, when I didn't know what to do to prepare for this, um, so I listened to a million TED Talks, um, and I also listened to some, you know, how to public speak videos on YouTube, and one <laughs> of the things they that I, that I heard over and over again was... Don't make it about you. Don't look like you're self-promoting because no one wants to hear you sell yourself. I could be misquoting them, but that was the gist. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of in line with what you're you're saying or do you dis disagree with that? No, to me that kind of falls into the second thing I would think about, which is what value am I going to provide? And then how am I going to deliver that value? And if I deliver that value by saying, 
I did this design choice for Mrs. Smith, and I am so smart because I thought of this all by my little self and nobody else could have thought of this in the whole world except for me then nobody wants to hire me right <laughs> but if I say Mrs. Smith right. was so lovely I met her at the grocery store believe it or not and we realized we had mutual friends and then she asked me what I did and I told her and she hired me for a consultation and a consultation is where I go on site for two hours it's $800 we develop a scope of work we develop a plan we develop even a budget in two hours it's a very intense hard working meeting and at the end of those two hours with Mrs. Smith we knew we wanted to work together we spoke the same language so do you know what I mean like so I'm telling this is what my business coach taught me that to pepper the conversation with my expertise not because I'm so smart but just tell the stories and the expertise comes out so for for example are you going to have any visual like PowerPoint or something like that I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> I like a PowerPoint. Um, I love a PowerPoint. A, because okay. it keeps me, it gives me something to look at and something to do. I have a clicker. I can point to things. I could read lists. If there's something important I don't want to forget to tell people, I can write it on the screen so I don't forget it. Um, so, okay. so, what, so, so, so I'm going to use one then. Okay. So first of all, let me say, I would, I would not do a topic like trends because nobody, as far as I know, nobody has ever hired an interior designer because they thought they understood trends. I just don't think that's what most people well, hire us for. It's, it, we might have been separated at birth because the financial planner's assistant was trying to come up with some ideas that she thought would be good. And one was trends and one was how to decorate for the holidays. And I said, oh. I can't do either of those. Oh, and you she are said, Why? so and I said, wise. Because I'm, I'm just not passionate about either one of those. <laughs> no, like, and nobody will talking, hire you for I'd either be, one of those. Nobody. Nobody's calling right. you. And I don't even want to do holiday decorating, to be perfectly honest. That's not what you do. So, that is not even what interior designers do. Now, some do it on the side for fun. I've done it on the side for fun for clients I love. But I would, that is not what you want to go right. and speak on a stage about. So use your, your internal wisdom is already, already kicked into high gear. So, okay. So we're not going to talk about trends. We're not going to talk about how to decorate for the holidays. What do people want when they hire us? I still want to get at that question. What, one thing they want, you said, was guidance. So yes, they want specific guidance. They want a firm answer. They want an expert to tell them what to do. I really think they do. They want an expert to tell them what to do. Now, they might not go with your first choice for everything in the whole house, but out of 1,000 products you're going to sell them or you know convince them to purchase, they're going to go with 990 of your choices, and maybe they'll you know differentiate on a few. But they want you right. to be an expert, and they want you to tell them what to do. For sure, I really believe that's true. I think my best customers also don't want to lift a finger. Now, that's not for everybody. For some people, they say, no, my customers, I love it when my customers are involved. 
And if that's who you are, then I don't. You, okay, yeah. I love <laughs> <laughs> my favorite customers are two Sorry. two working people who are just exhausted. <laughs> right? They have money but no time. They have jobs, they have children, yeah, they have exactly. friends, they have vacations, they have they are living the dream, but they just do not have time to decorate. That's my dream job. I call, I'm your girl. Right? I agree 100%. The client who says, I yeah. really should have been a designer, so do you mind if I just tag along and learn the process? No, not not for me. Not going to work with me. They might be wonderful. They might be lovely. And, and somebody would you else, say no? Yeah, 100%. I would say, oh, that is so not me. Okay. That is so not me. Okay. Okay. Um, so I would also... Thing to learn, too, yeah. when to know to say no. Yeah. So I would also have an intention um, in terms of the client I want. So if the client I want is the client who doesn't lift a finger, then it's really important that my conversation includes that. Where I think sometimes people get asked to speak at a home show or an event and they say, can you talk about trends? And before you know it, you're showing great pictures from Pinterest of DIY projects and you don't, that's not you. That's not what you want to do. No high-end client's going to hire right. you to do right. a DIY project probably, right? So it's, I think exactly. it's really important right. to, to set down in writing who you're speaking to and what your goal is. And like I said, my goal is usually one or two paid consultations. That seems so modest. It's so small. But most paid consultations in my world lead to a project. Like it's very rare that I do a paid right. consultation that I don't get a project. But I just ask for the consultations. And then I know that when I'm speaking, I'm talking about going to consultations. I'm talking about the things that get solved at consultations. Like I'll say, oh my gosh, I was at a consultation recently and they were planning on putting their mudroom at the side of the house. And they had a very long driveway, uh, probably about 40, 40, 50 feet deep. And um, this was in Toronto. And in the middle of February, imagine parking your car and having to walk 40 feet to get to your mudroom. Like, how does that happen? Who, right. Who's shoveling that 40 feet? That's crazy. So we moved the mudroom over to the front of the house. And was it more expensive for the customer? Yes. Did it change their life for the better? Yes. Did it, you know, that was, so right. I might have a picture of the mudroom, right? I might show a pretty picture. Here's the mudroom. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you the funniest thing about this mudroom. They originally planned to put it on the back of the house and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we had a good laugh and then we moved it to the front of the house where it really belonged all the time anyway. And did it cost them more money? Yes, it did. But did it improve their life in the house? And did it become a valuable resale proposition for the home? Yes, it did. So that's important too for me. I talk about the fact that what we do costs money. So I don't like say, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Where when I was younger, I'd be like, you know, everybody can afford a designer. Everybody should have a designer. No, not, not, not me anyway. You can, maybe you can afford something, but I'm looking for that customer who doesn't want to lift a finger, who wants to give me a whole house renovation top to bottom. So then... That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. So yes. you yes. show okay. beautiful pictures and you show construction site pictures and you tell stories. Okay. You tell stories about... Okay how you got to know that client and the funny things that happened. Oh my gosh, this one client, um, 
Like we recently did a project where the marble we selected for a beautiful bar had all kinds of little hairline fractures in it. So when they went to cut the marble, it kept breaking, it kept breaking, it kept breaking, it kept breaking. It was so tragic, it was so sad. And then we selected another marble. And now the thing is that maybe somebody would say, oh, why would you tell people about a mistake? That's not a mistake. Marble is a man-made, is a natural product, right, from the earth. Those kinds of things happen all the time. So it's okay to tell them a couple of horror stories provided you have a solution. Here's how we fixed it. And And the other thing is with a story like that, I can say, I can't tell you, I was sick about it. I was sick about it. Of course, when, you know, Janie Jones hired me, all I wanted to do was make her happy. And this marble just kept breaking and it kept breaking, it kept breaking. So I had to phone her, um, you know, and and tell her the bad news. And I had couriered to her house three other samples of marble. And she picked the one that was my first choice. And we installed it two weeks later. And uh, it looks beautiful. And here's the bar. Here it is all finished. Right? So you just tell those stories. You just pick those beautiful rooms and those beautiful projects and then just remember the stories. And I would practice because you're not as confident. I would, I would practice. Oh, I, I, I want to practice so much so that it just will feel like second nature because of the fear of getting up there and just babbling about nonsense and not having it be cohesive. Um, and that's why I love your, your, um, advice because you've done these speaking engagements and I'm sure you've been able to read what has been interesting or successful or whatever, what, what people actually want to hear about versus those fluffy topics like you were saying with trends. Right. I don't really think anyone wants to hear about trends. No, no, they don't. So, <laughs> no, they really, really and don't. how do I put that in an order, you know, like in an order of, um, that's where I, I, I guess I feel stuck. How do you deliver that information in and in what order? Okay. You so know? here's a thought. Um, this seems really like a simple and logical way to do it. For me, when I go and do a speaking event like this, I usually tell the the provider or the the person who's invited us to speak that the only topic I will speak to consumers about is project management. That's the only topic I will speak to consumers about. I will not speak to consumers about anything else, although sometimes I do because I get, I'll get get paid. So I'll go talk about Christmas if I get paid, but I am not going to be talking about Christmas if I'm not getting paid because I know I'm not going to get a customer, <laughs> right? So if I wanted to do a home show specifically to get a customer, my topic would be like project management. And for a crowd like you're talking about, that doesn't sound too sexy. So, um, you know, it could be something how to start and finish a project in a logical, systematic way, or we need something sexier. Um, um, hmm, run, run your project like a boss. Um, okay. I like that. Yeah. And then you, you're telling them how they can run the project, but when they hear you describe how complicated it is, they don't want to run the project. They want you to run the project. 
makes total sense. Yeah. Because right now I would like you to run all of my projects. So it makes sense that they're going to want me to. (laughs) Right. What you could say is Pat wanted me to come here tonight and talk and give you guys advice on how to run your design and renovation projects. Um, It's complicated work. Trust me. I know I've been doing it 15 years. Uh, We have delivered, um, you know, 42 new families into new homes or whatever, you know, whatever your numbers are. And I would show a couple of pretty projects and say, you know, I do this full time um, as a career and I'm going to give you some insight on how you can do this for yourself. And then you just tell them how you work. And the very first thing you would talk about is that consultation. What do you do with the consultation? Will you develop an entire scope of work? 50% of your audience quits right there. They don't even know what that is. It sounds too hard. They don't know how to do it, right? But you describe (laughs) what's in a scope of work. Then you can describe how you develop a budget. Like, right? Like for me, a lot of people don't have a clue about a budget. So I give them a very simple exercise. I say, let's create a budget for five pieces of furniture, right? Sofa. Where do you where would you shop for a sofa today, Joe? If you had to go buy a sofa, where would you shop for a sofa? And Joe will say, I would shop at Ethan Allen. Great. How much is a sofa at Ethan Allen? And he'll say, Oh, it's twenty five hundred bucks. I don't I don't actually know if that's true or not true, but I'm just making this up. So then you write down twenty five hundred dollars. Right. No, I, I right. And then you do that for a couple chairs and a lamp mm-hmm. and a table and a carpet. And you total that up and it's kind of shocking because four or five things are like ten, twelve thousand dollars usually, right? Right. And most people are like, that's what they want to yeah. spend on the whole room. So you've just made them realize that they are lying to themselves about what it's going to cost. Right. Right. So you could just, you could spend, you know, five minutes talking about budgeting, uh, you know, and show them a furnishing schedule and show them kind of a detailed, like I would put one up on the screen that had, you know, 72 items on it. Say, this is a small project we did recently. There are 72 items on the furniture schedule. That's a small project. A big project might have 700 items. And read your furnishing schedule. Read what's on there, you know, the kind of of deep detail. Um, And then... And this is what you develop your your talks on the, the the project management is your favorite, well, not favorite, but you feel like that yields you the most clients at the end of a talk. 100% because they don't know how to project manage. They just don't. And it and and by the time okay. I'm done talking, it's so obvious it's complicated. They just the the ones who have the budget, who have the money will come up to me immediately following my talk. And it, you don't feel like it bores them. You somehow make this project management exciting through visuals and um, stories of the projects. That's how I kind of turned it into a more sexy, interesting 
look into interior design? I, yeah, I think you. I think they need to see some pretty pictures. I think it helps a lot, and I think it helps me too because I can. I, I get that visual reference. I turn the slide. You know, I'm at the end. I'm talking, and I suddenly realize I have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. So, click another slide. Oh, there's that mudroom. I know the story about the mudroom. I'm going to tell them a story about the mudroom. And then I run out of stuff to talk about. Okay. And then I'm like, click, new slide. Oh, wow, this is a project we just finished this summer. And, you know, you can say it's in the such and such area of Baltimore. It's overlooking the harbor, you know, like the swishiest area in town. Talk about where your projects are, who your clients are. And, you know, we when we did the reveal, my clients were in Aspen skiing. And when they came home, the whole house was done. Like, talk, you know what I mean? I think that that will be really... Okay, well, that's good to know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, you go ahead. I just, I, it's, it, that's great to know because I was hesitant to talk about, obviously I won't use names, but specific clients because in my mind, some of my um, best projects I would feel like might alienate certain people, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I can't, I, I couldn't afford her. Or I couldn't. Um, in fact, I've heard that a lot recently. That's, that's another good question for you. I've heard a lot of people say, well, maybe part of the issue is, you, you know, everyone really considers you that high end desire designer. You know, most people wouldn't call you because they don't think they could afford you. So that feedback, do you just are you happy? Would you be happy about that feedback? Because you're thinking, well, you know, those are the people I want to work for. That's my client base. Yeah. There's nothing snobby about that. No, no, there's nothing. Or is that a bad thing that people are saying that? No, I don't think so at all. I think that there's a customer who's going to go and buy a Toyota and there's a customer who's going to buy a Tesla. And both of both of those customers okay. are decent, wonderful human beings who need transportation. And the people who sell those two different cars are selling a totally different thing. It's a totally different experience. And there's no judgment around, you know, shame on the Toyota driver or shame on the Tesla driver. They're just two different things. So I'm looking for the person who wants to drive my car. And, and there are some people okay, who can't afford your services. That is the truth. There are people who can't afford your services. And, you know, the, the, the truthful thing, the thing that's hard to say is there are people who can't afford any services because for whatever reason, they're, they're you know, they have low-paying jobs, um, too many expenses, um, or design's not a priority, um, so it's not for everybody. A, a designer, a professional designer is not for everybody. But the good news is there's so many places you can go, right? There's so many design shops that offer, quote, design services. So for some people, that's just perfectly fine, right? Right. Makes total sense. I mean, that's freeing just in and of itself for you to say that because part of um what was kind of making me question uh, parts of my business is hearing that feedback over and over and over again. But then when I would think to myself, well, do I want to go back 
to 10 years ago and pick paint colors? No, I, I, I don't. So I guess that's okay. Right. And there are some people who want to be the most reasonably priced designer in town. That's great. They should do that, and there's nothing wrong with it. But in order to make a real living, to really thrive and put legitimate money in your bank account, you would then have to do a lot of customers. You have to service a ton of customers. And I think that's a very, yeah, that's, sure. a, that's a demanding, challenging, difficult space to work in. You can do it. It's possible. I, it's better, I think, when you're in your 20s and your 30s to do that kind of thing. But at some point, you really want to get, I think, I finally figured out very late in life, I was 40-something, when I figured out I actually wanted the fewest number of customers possible, not the most. Yeah. So, so that's an important I intention, agree. right? You're going to go into this event where you're speaking, and there are 150 people or more. My intention when I used to do that kind of thing when I was much younger was I want all of them to call me and hire me. And now my intention is I want to sell two consultations. It's a pretty good chance I'm going to sell two consultations. Now, there were times when I spoke and I didn't sell two consultations. And I it was because I wasn't as good at peppering the conversation with my expertise and the result of hiring me. And now I'm better at it. I'm much better at it. So I know if I go and I have that conversation, I'm going to sell a couple consultations. And when right. those people, by the way, come up to you, um, and they will, you say, I would love to work with you. That's wonderful. Give me your information and I'm going to have my assistant phone you tomorrow. Right? Like you're not going to whip out a credit card machine at the event because um, that's not part of your brand. Right? And, and then we can, we can worry about who your assistant is tomorrow later. Right. Don't worry about that now. <laughs> we can figure that out. Right. So one one way you, you might, hear me coming in and out. Yeah, just a little. It's funny, but everything has been great so far, so I'm not I'm not worried. One thing. Okay. One thing that might just make this super easy is for you just to do uh, run your project like a boss and just run through the 15 steps. Here are the 15 steps. You know, step one is a consultation and show a beautiful picture of a home where you consulted and then it turned into a great project. And then step two is the contract and the retainer. I love talking about contracts and retainers at these kinds of events because I I can say quite honestly. Don't hire anybody who doesn't have a professional contract. That puts your insurance at risk, right? And you can tell them, did you yes, know? I'm embarrassed. To... Oh, you don't. You don't have a contract. Is that what you're no, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I have one. Okay. I'm embarrassed to say that the, the, the project that just most recently went sideways, they said, um, they were both lawyers, by the way, the husband and the wife were lawyers, and they both said, listen, we will give you a $50,000 retainer, but I'm not signing a contract. And I did it. And, right. you know, I don't need to look too far um, to figure out why 
that didn't work out well in the end. So, right. yeah, right. I Can think we, contracts we now should just are look at my that. best friend. We should just look at that because right then and there, what happened is there was an exchange of who's running the project. There was an exchange of that power. When you did the consultation yeah. and you presented the contract, you were running the project. But then your client dictated terms to you on how the project was going to run. And when you accepted it, the client became the alpha dog. And lawyers know better. Lawyers know better. So that was a that was a play. That was a that was a power grab and shame on them for doing that. It wasn't nice, but now you've learned and you're not gonna ever do that again. So this I remember once a lawyer telling me, you know, your contract is so it's not good. And when when we're done here, I'm gonna change it for you. And I said, Great. When we're done, you can we can talk about that. But now you need to sign it. And he said, But it's too many loopholes and I said, Well then don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm not protected. Don't worry about that. That's not your problem. As long as you're protected, that's all you have to worry about. So he signed the contract. And then at the end of the project, he said, your contract's perfect. Don't change anything. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, if there's one one thing I've already learned is, and and you tell me if there, if I'm wrong here, but never step out of the 15 steps, right? No. Yes. Good, good. Yes, yes, yes. What another way to say that is don't break the rules you know are there to protect you. Right? Right. And I still do that. I still want to do that. And them. Yeah. And I still, still to this day, I still want to do that sometimes. So I, I can't tell you that I'll ever be transformed, but I know better. And when I do step off the path just a little bit, I get my hand slapped and I go right back on. So yeah, don't okay. don't break your own rules. So one way you could structure the talk is just to do the 15 steps, which you can write what they are. It gives you a cheat sheet, something you can look at, make sure you have pretty pictures. And even, you know, it is even possible, like sometimes I'll say, okay, I... I have even made a joke like who uh, who in the audience has an unlimited budget because you're the person that's going to I'm going to do your house next and then they'll laugh and I you know and it gives me a chance to say like no of course nobody has an unlimited budget but what's important is not an unlimited budget but a realistic budget like right like if you're going to buy a sofa and two chairs and a coffee table you can't do that for $300 so what does that cost um so, so, and, uh, so talk to them about the, what I started to say, it's a contract and retainer. Tell them what should be in a good contract and tell them like if they hire in most states, in most provinces, in most towns and countries, if you hire someone to come in your home and do work and something goes wrong you, and they don't have insurance, your insurance won't cover it. So if you get Joe, the electrician, to come in and do some work at your house and something goes wrong and he's not properly insured, as a homeowner, your insurance won't cover you Hmm. because you've broken the law. You're not supposed to have people in your home who don't have proper credentials. So, you know, it's okay to tell them that stuff too. Prepare them for what's at stake if they try to do this on their own. 
like in the in the in the most loving way. I like Like, the fifteen steps. Yeah, you got this. You got this. So I think what we've discovered is we're not going to talk about trends. We're not going to talk about how to decorate for Christmas unless, I guess, a couple of things. One, you're getting paid to talk about those things, which could be kind of fun. Or two, you have so much work you don't know what to do with it, and this just sounds like a fun thing to do. But when you actually want to generate new customers, set an intention around the talk, how many new customers you want to get, and then create a story that will lure in those customers and then ask them to hire you. That's the other thing I want to say. Just say, you know, um, I do these kinds of talks and invariably somebody's shy. They want to ask me if they can work with me, but they feel shy. So I want to tell you, yes, you can work with me. Design is my business. This is what I do for a living. I would love to work on your home. So if you want to set up a consultation, come and give me your card and I'm going to have my assistant phone you next week. Like, just ask for it. Okay. And I can do that, right? I can have the courage to say that. Right. <laughs> I can so, do it. It's so funny you said that because that's the scariest part to me. That is the, absolutely the part where I go like, okay, don't, don't blow it. Don't suck. Don't suck at this. <laughs> and I have to ask for them to hire me. Yes. Yeah. Because in my mind, if I'm so good, why do I have to ask for people to hire me? I don't know. I just do. I, I can't explain right. it anymore, but I just do. Okay. Well, I, I, I trust you. I will. That's what I'll do. And, and, um, can we do a practice? A, can we do a check-in after your event? I would love to be able to tell everybody how it went, what you talked about, what you learned. Absolutely. That'd be so fun. Absolutely. I'm yeah. so happy I met you. I am can't express to you how happy I am I met you. I feel like I what's what's funny and you must get this a lot. I feel like I totally know you because you are in my room every night on top of my lap on my laptop. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I know you really well. Well, that's nice. I feel so, like I know um, you too, for sure. Okay, we end every show with design intervention. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, is, there any, is there any advice that you've been given that you have implemented that, you, that turned out to be really great? Somebody gave you a tip once and you said, I'm going to try that. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did. I would say, well, one thing I have noticed recently um, with a lot of interior designers, and so this is my tip, have an incredible website. Um, I didn't, and I've invested a lot of time into professional photographs. And it doesn't have to be expensive, by the way. I actually found a um, a home real estate photography company locally that you can call, and the very next day they can go out, as you know, being designers, getting that window, that perfect window of time where you can get in, photograph the house before the family disassembles everything you just did, which is called living, but and get the, those images for your website is critical. And, and this company does that for like $150. And 
that has been huge for me. I've had more comments about my website um, really than anything else lately. And the designers that don't have that to point people to, I think are really suffering. So that would be my tip. Have yeah. A, Your website a is a really good website and invest in it. It's beautiful, by the way. I love the logo. It's, it's beautiful and it navigates so easily. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's great advice. And, and it wasn't expensive, by the way, just, just so you know, it wasn't, it's, it's square page. Anyone can go on it. So just wanted to put that out there. So designers don't think, Oh, I'd have to invest thousands of dollars. You wouldn't. Great advice. I think that's a, that's a great design intervention. Okay. Well, I'm going to look forward to the next time we speak because we will have implemented some or all of the 15 steps and you will have spoken at this event and I'm sending out good vibes to the universe and you come away with a couple of paid consultations and we're looking forward to hearing how it went. And if it, if that isn't the outcome, that's okay. We'll tweak what you did and you'll do it again. And the outcome will be even better the next time. Perfect. I look forward to it too. I, I'm very optimistic now after talking to you about it. Thank you so much, Juliet. Great talking to you. You too. All right. So yay. So do you kind of feel like you have um, a plan at least for when you go and you speak? I definitely do. I think that that's a great idea. I, um, I, I feel like what's funny about it is I feel like, why didn't I think about that last night when I was going through all of these steps? But I think it's such a scary thing for someone who's never done it before. And, you know, you try to put yourself in all the different positions. What would I want to hear if I were in the audience? What, you know, what makes it entertaining? What makes it upbeat? And then, then I become overwhelmed with all of the trying to figure out all the answers to all of those different questions. And really what I needed to do was just zero in on that topic. And now from, from there, well, let me also say, I trust what you have found to work. I mean, you've done this. I, I, I haven't. So if you think it's, um, something people want to hear and are interested in and also benefits, me and that intention, then that's what I'm going to go for. And just having the topic is a big, you know, peace of mind. Yeah. And you know what? You may decide that as you start working on it, that it's not working for you, which is fine. You'll figure out a way to tweak it so it makes sense for you. But I think at least you have like some, some, some place to start. And then, like I said, you, I think you just did us a huge favor. I, these are my favorite podcasts. I'm so excited. I can't wait till they air. Um, but I really feel like I owe you an hour coaching that's off the, the microphone. <laughs> so um, feel free to like set up another call before you do this talk if you want to rehearse it or save it till after. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Whenever you want to use it, just reach out and say you're ready to do it. And I will tell uh, Cheryl and I soon that you'll be getting in touch with us. Well, thank you so much. That I really, really appreciate it. I probably would love to practice on you because obviously you would know what would 
you know, if I was sounding good or off or any of those things. Um, and I would also love to tell you how this consultation goes with the agent um, yeah. and see how my first time out using your platform goes over. Okay, um, yeah. And I, I would love to tell you that too. So I'm just going to keep plugging away on your videos and I've already had most of my documents changed to yours with my logo on them. <laughs> Yay. Don't you like when people just come I on know. board? And like, <laughs> do it. Do it. I love it. Like it's so good for the industry. Like the more people out there running projects professionally, the better, the better. It's so good. And I also one day want to learn from you how you have time, how you, how you master your, your calendar, like how you do it all, how you go out on I, I don't understand. It's like incomprehensible to me how you can be running the business, doing consultations with people and phone consultations. Like, are you superwoman? What's going on? Or do you have a big staff? No. You know what? Once you start writing things down, you can pass projects off to people and they can do it without you having to be involved. Like all those yucky things I didn't want to learn that I had to really face and learn, once I learned them and they were written down and other people could do them, I didn't have to do them anymore. And I don't, I literally forget how to do a workshop, a work worksheet or a purchase order. I have to go and read it, how to do it because I don't do them anymore. Somebody else does them who loves doing them. So oh, that's just like heaven right did you, there. Did you have your, your kid there? Was that your child? No, that actually was, I'm in the, the, um, design center and no, my children are 21, 17 and 15. Um, that was someone in the design center talking to me as I walked by, I was hiding in my little office when we were on the calls and then I just walked out. No worries. But you're hearing. Okay, good. Um, All right. So definitely check back in then when you're ready. Of course. Thank you. Are you kidding? I'm so excited. I'm just, that's the best podcast ever. I, uh, that's like such an honor and, and, a, and a blessing to my confidence that had really been beaten down. So I appreciate it greatly. And mm. if um, I hope one day I can be doing the things that you're doing, helping other people, because ultimately I feel like that's where the real joy comes from, you yeah. know, helping yeah. people along in their journey from what you've learned. So for sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. Of have, course. have a great night and I will keep in touch. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to that. Take care, Juliet. Bye for now. Thanks, Kimberly. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.